Hey, and this is the Early Show Later Podcast. I'm Karis. Hey, I'm Jeremy. And this is episode 51, The Driving Cat. Okay, we got lots of, we got lots of ground to cover today. How's your weekend? It was uh it was really good, thanks. How was yours? Good. I I took my kids swimming uh, for the first time in a long time. I uh Which pool? Uh, the one by our house, Poirier Rec Center, okay. scenic historical Quitlam. Um I kind of dawned on me. I used to be very active, Dad, and then uh, just the kids—they just weigh me down. I keep adding kids; it just saps my energy. And then COVID crushed what was left of my will to survive do fun or just do fun things. Yeah. Right. So I, I, yeah, maybe I was in my uh, my cannabis late at night the other day, and I was like, I gotta do more as a father. So this weekend, I was, or this past weekend, I was like, I'm going to do all the things. And one of the things is swimming. I yes. used to take my kids swimming all the time. I stopped, but the pools are open again. And I realized with the four-year-old, I had taken him swimming before, but most of his life has been COVID. And so it, like, the swimming pool blew his mind. It actually made me sad. It was fun and cute and exciting that he was so excited, but it made me feel bad that at four, he was like, wow, what is this crazy place? And, uh, <laughs> it's and a with his, brother, his older brother and sister, that was just, that was them growing up. And I was like, oh. So I wasn't sure if I was mad at myself or COVID or both. But I rectified that this weekend. And he was just like, when are we going again? Yeah. Like, oh, oh, good for you. That's mm. so much fun. Felt good. Felt good. It was uh, hard. It was hard work, but it was fun. Yeah, that's the thing. It is. It's effort to get up and get ready and go. Took him to a Giants game. First time I ever went to a Giants game. That's Only right. Just the four-year-old. All the other kids were like, don't want to do it. My wife didn't want to do it. So I was like, all right, I'll take the four-year-old. I thought we'd see a period in a bit. And he was into it. We were maniacs, you know, like, because we moved seats a lot and with a garbage. Yeah, and I, you know, four-year-old, I, you've got to. Put garbage under my seat. And I was like, I'll deal with that later. And I, and I didn't. You just moved seats. I moved seats. So I'm sorry. Langley Event Center is a beautiful arena, and I did not help that this time. <laughs> I'll be better next time, I promise. Other than that, I loved it. So shout out to Vancouver uh, Giants for hooking because they send the radio st- tickets to the radio station. Yeah. So thank you, Vancouver Giants, for that hookup. I got to bring my kid. Uh, the other thing, uh, you know, parent reviewing the event. I love WHL hockey generally. Um it's a cheap date. A soda pop was two bucks. Sweet. A hot dog was five dollars. Awesome. Whatever, five and a bit. Uh, they had popcorn. It was a moderate size. It wasn't this giant like eight gallons of popcorn, twelve dollars. You know, it was like a child size of popcorn for a reasonable amount of money. So I was like, okay, cool, awesome. That's all. I yeah. just want to say that. That's great. Way to go, Giants. And now I don't know which arena I love more, Langley or Abbotsford. Fight for my love, small town arenas. Exactly. Come up with something good to woo Jeremy, to lure him into your building. make them cleaner and nicer? Only if I don't go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Don't let me and my kid go and it will be nice and clean. Now, we were bad, but it was fun. Uh, Well, this past weekend I went to... Parkour gym and I'm did. I'm a parkour super fan. Parkour. 
with my children. Yeah, they love it. And and we've um we went to uh, Origins Parkour on Main Street. And there's also a location in Port Moody. That's right. Yeah, which I got- haven't been to, but. Uh- also promising myself. Both locations, the one in Vancouver and the one in Port Moody. And it was so much fun. It was, we did a birthday party for my son's 10th birthday. And it, they all, the all the, everybody at the party had an awesome time. They just ran around this gym. The guy running it did a really great job. And they were jumping in the foam pit and they were leaping off things and playing the floor is lava and they were playing oh, tag. Whoa. Oh, yeah. It was super fun. It's a great space. Do you tip the dude? Uh, no, you know what? I didn't. I don't know. I guess maybe, I don't know. That's a good point. I used to do children's parties back in the day. I didn't get tipped every time, but when I did, it was awesome. Oh, that's a good point. You don't get tipped every time. Well, and I, it's been so long since I've even done this kind of thing that I wasn't even really thinking of that. I was like trying to wrangle, I was trying to clean up after everybody and then trying to wrangle all the children. And I just didn't even think of that as a possibility. A lot of years ago that I did, you know, was a, kids birthday party leader yeah and i definitely did not get tipped every time that's why i'm just like i oh, don't worry about it like i i did the job for the salary which is fine or whatever yeah. the age. Mm-hmm. but sometimes we did get tipped and it was the greatest so i was like yeah okay good like to all know. those guys like mm-hmm. all the women and men that do this job yeah uh, they're all young you know and they're yeah they're hosting your kids birthday party so they can get destroyed saturday night <laughs> <laughs> so you know you want to help them get uh, you know help them with their weekend. <laughs> help <laughs> you, you want to help them get give them destroyed. an extra twenty bucks. Yeah. yeah, it's always cool to do that. I, have you noticed when you hit on something that the kids love, then you do it right? Like because now yeah. you've done the parkour gym a few times. Yeah, which is awesome when it's uh, we're living in bomb cyclone or whatever. Uh, you can go inside, be crazy active, and your kids like it. Yes. Are they sweaty after in that weird 10-year-old sort of way? Where oh, yeah. Like, where you, like, touch them and you're just like, oh, you're sticky. Someone should do something about that. And you're like, oh, that's my job. I <laughs> yeah, that's right. But you know what we did down. afterwards? Then we went to a nearby park and they ran around and they got cleaned by the rain. Oh, that's so power move. <laughs> you know, like, just let Mother Nature take care of that. That's how we did it. Just dunk them in Trout Lake. Yeah. We're good to go. Good. We're good to Don't go. Don't drink the water, but you can wash with it, I'm sure. <laughs> sure, okay, sure. Okay, we banged on about nothing for a while. Now All let's right. bang on about nothing some more on the show. Let's do it. Uh, so we're calling this one Driving Cat. The Driving Cat, yeah. Are we starting with memes? Yeah, we are. We're talking about how memes can make you happier. Julie Andrews, right? Oh my God. Spoonful of Sugar, we know the song, right? Helps the medicine go down. Memes help the bad news go down. Oh, do they? Yes, a nice little bit of research here. You listen to the early show with Karis and Jeremy. They said, we enjoy looking at memes because they're funny and they make us feel better. So researchers wanted to find out if the memes help us uh, process bad information as well. So they took funny or cute memes completely out of context and then just put like the real horrors of COVID as the information the meme was sharing. And they found that we still enjoyed the meme. (laughs) Like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, this is fun. It's a cat driving a tractor. Yeah, Yeah, the death rate is very high. So uh, I maybe that's good. I feel like, you know... The uh, social media companies are in the news quite a bit for how they manipulate us. Uh, memes, definitely a big part of it. And I know in the past we've been like, do you get all your information from memes? But, but 
Yes, I do, because it feels better. <laughs> well, and you know, a, a, even if it's just a meme, like a cat driving a tractor or saying something funny, maybe that you remember that when you're reading some horrible news story about bad things. You know, if you hearken back to, oh, remember when that cat was driving the tractor? And then it feels better. The Early Show, later. With Karis and Jeremy. Karis and I were talking earlier on the uh, early show about how memes help us process negative information. And it helps It helps all of us, I guess. Not all of us. Most of us. Uh, I agree with that. The darker the meme for me, the better. Like when it's about something that's going on in the news, it's horrendous. But I'm like, there's a chuckle. <laughs> like, oh, I can't help it. I can't oh, help I it. I like it. And, I, you know, I was using the example of a cat driving a tractor. Like who doesn't want to get information from a cat driving a tractor? <laughs> <laughs> that just makes me giggle just thinking about it. And then we got a text at 280 uh, from Curtis who says Toons is the driving cat. We're like, what? Oh, that's a deep cut, Curtis. We had to look it up. We're like, what was Toons's? And and then we we looked it up and discovered that Toons is the driving cat, a sketch on Saturday Night Live back in the Steve Martin days. Holy moly. Yeah, from from 1989. It must have been a time when he hosted. Uh, Yeah, I guess in 1989, I think. He wouldn't have been casting. Right, yeah. Exactly. He's like 5,000 years old. That's true. That's he a, was a original point. caster in the Age of the Pharaohs. <laughs> so he's so he's probably hosting, uh, but it's him and Victoria Jackson in a really, really great sketch called Toonses, the Driving Cat. <laughs> he drives around all over the town. Toonses, the Driving Cat. Next on Toonses, the cat who could drive a car. The Driving Test. Do you think Toonsis will pass his driving test? I don't know. That written part is pretty hard. <laughs> and he can't even read. Maybe he'll make up for it on the driving part. <laughs> All right, sir, if you'll just go ahead and pull out into traffic. Look out! <laughs> and it turns out that Toonsis can't really drive a car very well. Oh! You know, right? Darn it! So- Hartman doing the voice over there as well? Uh, uh, no, that was, um, oh God, what's his name? Um, Sounded like him, and I was like, man, no, it's not Phil Hartman. Um, Phil Hartman must have been 90s. Yeah, but but, Toons is the driving cat. Just, you know, look look up driving cat memes, they'll make you smile. The early show later with Karis and Jeremy. Oh, the little guy's uh, Halloween costume showed up, and he now just wears it all the time. Oh, did you order it online? Yeah, we did the, like, what are they called? Doug and Melissa or something? It was a oh, brand of, okay. like, dress up. We wanted to get something that, like, he'll play with all the time, right? So he's four. He wants the, you know, construction. He just thinks the, you know, the local waste management dude is, like, his favorite person in the world. So we got him a construction outfit. And uh, he loves it, right? He's just been wearing it all weekend. Yeah. He's super psyched. Oh, so that's so Halloween's great. Halloween's good. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, you were telling me you can make anything sexy. Yes. I want to be, you know, some sort of squid game. Okay. So I'm thinking I want to be, if I had the, the money and the time, I want to be the robot from uh, from the red light, green light. All right. Now, that's probably going to be pretty complicated, right? Yeah, for sure. But you can make it sexy. Yeah, you can make it sexy. Now, here's the rule to making any costume sexy. Right. Wear Fishnets. Whoa. That's all you have to do. 
you have to make sure that your legs are somewhat exposed so we can see the fishnets. <laughs> and it, but it does not matter what else is going on with the costume. You could be a construction worker. You could be a robot. You could be a ghost. As long as you've got some legs showing and you've got fishnets on those legs, you instantly have a sexy Halloween costume. Uh, do I need to shave my legs or does the fishnet help like hide that? No, you do. No, sometimes actually hair billowing out of the fishnets <laughs> is part of the sex appeal. The early show later with Karis and Jeremy. We got a couple of text messages after that uh, bit and to 281 You can always tweet at it as well, especially on the podcast. Maybe you're listening to us and some place where you're like, I don't know what text messaging is. You can always hit us on Twitter, Twitter internationally at Karis, C-H-A-R-I-S-H-O-G-G, Karis Hogg, or I'm at Jeremy underscore Bega, that underscore so clutch. Yeah, it really is. And and if you uh, tweet at us asking about potato chips, we'll give we'll hook you up with some free lays. Well, you used your free lays. We I know, but I feel like there's still some kicking around, aren't uh, there? We might be mm. we might be over promising. That's true. Delivered. That's a we'll good figure point. it out. We'll get you yeah. some chips. Uh, whether we got to buy it with our own money. Yeah, whatever. We'll do it. Uh, okay, so we got some text messages after. Some person was like, I should be a whoopee cushion. Yes. And I guess you can buy a giant whoopee cushion uh, costume because they had a picture from, you know, basically the spirit Halloween kind of thing. And then maybe I put fishnets underneath. Yeah, because the whoopee cushion, it's like the giant whoopee cushion. Your head is at the top where you blow in the yeah. air and your, your arms come out. out yeah. And your legs poke out the bottom, which is perfect because then you just clad your legs in fishnets. Fishnets and heels. All of a sudden, I'm sexy whoopee cushion. Yeah. What? Jeremy. I think people so are good. It. And then I talked earlier on that bit about wanting to do some squid game, sexy squid game. Yeah, I want to be the red light, green light uh, robot that uh, machine guns everyone. Spoilers, yep. but um, the person said, "What about being player number one, which is in Squid Game's old man?" He said, "Probably had sexy legs, and that's fine if he had sexy legs, but I need sexy legs. Yeah, like, I'm not going to dress up as his legs. <laughs> he was blessed." <laughs> With genetics to have those sexy legs, and I was blessed with my ostrich legs. So, <laughs> but Jeremy, what I'm saying, you put fishnets fish on your legs, and they are instantly sexy. Right. It's just that easy. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, I'm doing sexy something with fishnets. Sexy fisherman. Yes. Put little koi yes. fish in the fishnet. I don't know. Yes. We'll figure it out. It'll be good. I'm excited. Friday. Friday. I, I expect fun things <laughs> on Friday for you. Well, I got a few days. <laughs> Uh, and now let's uh, let's put Mo Talica, man about town, our favorite political pundit. We talked to Mo Amir about the drama in the BC Liberal Party. Okay, well, joining us on the program is Mo Amir, host of This Is Van Color podcast, uh, Vancouver is Awesome, opinionist, and our favorite political pundit, man about town. Man about town, sorry. Mo, we've been Mo talking. <laughs> we've been talking about the drama within the BC Liberal Party, the uh the people who are vying for the leadership of uh what is right now the official opposition in our province. And there's been so much drama. It's like as the BC Liberals turn. So can you catch us up on what's going on? So much drama. It's uh, lovely for a political enthusiast and observer like myself. 
So, as you said correctly, the B.C. Liberals, who are the official opposition in the B.C. legislature to Premier John Horgan and the B.C. NDP, the B.C. Liberals are having a leadership race. And they have six declared candidates so far. And there was supposed to be a seventh in Aaron Gunn, who we discussed uh, two weeks ago. And on Friday, the party and their organizing committee that is organizing this leadership uh, race they basically said Aaron Gunn is not in the race. He is disqualified because he fails to meet the party's values and commitment to reconciliation, diversity, and the acceptance of all British Columbians. Whoa. And now this was kind of unexpected or maybe... I feel like Mo called it. Yeah, exactly. It's You called <laughs> it for sure. Um, and- yeah, I... Th- I- I think the the candidacy of Aaron Gunn was really going to divide the party. And that's what I called that it was going to highlight this division between some of the federal conservatives in the B.C. Liberal Party and some of the federal liberals in the B.C. uh, in the B.C. Liberal Party. And there is now this question of social conservatism. And does it still have a place in the B.C. Liberal Party? And we've actually seen the other leadership candidates be divided on this as well. Michael Lee was calling for this. He really didn't want Aaron Gunn in the race, whereas Ellis Ross was was actually very supportive of Aaron Gunn, wanted him in the race, and then when he was barred, actually expressed uh, a lot of regret that Aaron wouldn't be in the race. And so do these new criteria, do they disqualify anybody else? I think that's the question. Like, I I think the party right now is trying to find its identity. So it's really unclear what the commitment to reconciliation or diversity or inclusion really is. And if the idea is that, oh, you are not socially progressive enough, well, well, where's the line, right? And I will say there's no proof that, um, first of all, we don't actually know what disqualified Aaron Gunn. He's come out and said that it was some comments um, surrounding Indigenous issues, although, again, the only Indigenous candidate in the race is actually supporting Aaron Gunn. Um, But, uh, you know, we just don't know what the line is in terms of this is too much or this is this social conservatism, quote unquote, is still allowed. So it is kind of... uh, uh, vague, but I will say that no one seems to have made the comments that Aaron Gunn has made. All right. Well, as the BC Liberal leadership drama turns, I guess it's a developing situation. Until next week. <laughs> Until next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on it. I will sum it up for you. Uh, happy to be on the show. Thank you. The early show later with Karis and Jeremy. Oh, so as the BC Liberals turn, I can't wait to find out what happens next week. I wonder if somebody's going to come back from the dead. Yeah, right, especially maybe an old character yes. from the past seasons. And you're like, what? We thought you were gone, but we didn't see them die on screen. Oh, you know what would be... We didn't see them die on screen. That's right. Or you know what would also be kind of a dramatic twist if Bill Vanderzam somehow comes back and like <laughs> enters the party and then has some sort of sexual rendezvous with somebody. Like, could it be a fascism plot or communism? I don't know. I don't know, but that would be juicy. Yeah, that would be fun. All right, let's call it a show, you guys. Thank you so much for being part of the program and the podcast and all that good times. Uh, Karis and I are on your radio dial here in Vancouver at 1027 or around the world, wherever you have internet at the peak.fm. Yes, you can stream the show. That's right. So take care of you until next time. Oh, I like that. Take care of you. Yeah. I think we got a new catchphrase for the show. Let's do it. I like that. Bye. See ya. Nothing can kill the grimace. All right, we're done here.